following podcast that you're about to hear might contain language that you might find offensive. So if you're easily offended, go and listen to something else. Guess what? SK Vibe Maker interviews are hotter. SK Vibe Maker, my interviews are hotter. It's not your everyday conversation. Today we got Dame Dash in the building. How about that? One of the co-founders of Rockefeller Records, along with Kareem Biggs and Jay-Z. He's in the building. How you doing today, sir? What's happening, bro? Damn. A guy with so much legacy, man. You know what I'm saying? You're doing a big seminar. That's why you're over here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How's it been, man? What? Tell everyone what you're working on at the moment, man. Yeah, well, I've become an artist. And what I'm doing is showcasing all the things I've been working on over the couple, last couple of months, I guess over COVID. So... I have this movie, The Prince of Detroit. It's about an entrepreneur in black lineage in, in Detroit. And it's it's good. We're going to screen that. I got this other movie that I shot on Kanye's ranch in six days called Stoned. Um, I have a comic book called uh, uh, Dead Weight. And I'm turning that into a movie. I'll probably shoot it in January or December. Uh, we have a children's book. Dusko Goes to Space, that's my son, my girl wrote it, Raquel, and he has a coloring book, and there's uh, Applefish, which is a television network for children, and uh, you can go to Applefish uh, on YouTube and check it out, um, and uh, I have an album out right now with camera on the A-track, he wasn't there, um, I have a short film I just directed for Nikki Licky and her album over there, um, so, you know, again, I got a lot going on and what I take pride in, in a magazine, American New, I take pride in being able to do so many different kinds of things. Clothing line too, CEO. This is a collab I got on and, uh, you know, a bunch of other different activations within the fashion. So, you know, I take pride in doing a lot of things and uh, everything that kind of inspires me and showcasing my taste on different dimensions, you know, the art of doing it and doing it independently and then being able to put it out independently, you know, all that is, is fun for me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with it right now is showcasing that, you know, I know people, I've been introduced to people as a businessman, but I'd be telling people if I was a businessman, I'd have more money mm-hmm. because a businessman only does things for money. And I don't do anything for money. I like to make money, but I'm only gonna do and make money off things that I really enjoy, Mm -hmm. things that inspire me. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna hurt nobody or take nothing from nobody to make money. Mm -hmm. So it's also an art in playing fair. Mm -hmm. So this is a person that has the ability to rob you because you're not smart enough, that won't, has the ability to exploit, but instead, I prefer to be the artist instead of make money off the artist. I prefer to fight for the artist because I'm the artist now. See, before I was fighting for the artist, it wasn't me I was fighting for. Mm-hmm. I was fighting for a bunch of other dudes. Mm-hmm. And that's a thankless job. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing to gain from it. Mm-hmm. You know? So now I decided to fight for me and the things that really, really inspire me and my point of view. Mm-hmm. Instead of t- telling somebody how to dress and what to say and what to do, if I could do that for somebody else, why would I not do that for myself? Straight up. So that's where I'm at with it. And that's where I've been at with it. So you talk about fighting for the artists. There's definitely a lot of artists that historically have been speaking about being done wrong by the, the label 
and being done wrong by the, the label execs. Why do you think so many artists kind of complain about these situations? Like, shed some light on that, how when, label heads and... When an artist first gets into the business, it's their first time, so they don't know the protocol. Mm -hmm. So they think, again, when someone's robbing you, but they like to hang out with you every day, they don't tell you they're robbing you. They make you think that's the norm. This is, you're supposed to get 20% instead of 80. You know, that's the industry standard. When, and then when you get in the business and you actually see the money you get, you're like, oh shit, I got robbed. And then you're mad at the person that robbed you. The thing is, in the business, in the world of business, if you can take advantage of somebody, it's your duty to do it. And I'm not a part of that. Mm -hmm. So I would see an artist, just like a Jay-Z or anyone else, and I'm not going to take all of the lion's share of their master. I'm going to partner with them. So they have equity and ownership in what they do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to earn my 50% by putting up the bread and promoting it and doing what I got to do. Mm -hmm. It's an equal and fair exchange if you have a partnership. Mm -hmm. But that person keeps their publisher. It's just, you know, the physical asset. But it's always a partnership. So, again, of course, an artist. There is not an artist that gets into the business and does it without doing it independently mm -hmm. that doesn't get robbed. Do you think it's realistic for new artists to come in the game and own their masters yeah. it's and their publishing it's, it's, and not be independent? Yeah, you just get a distribution deal. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to not work with the majors, but when I work with them, I work with them in the form of I own the master and you eat the food you kill. Mm -hmm. So you could get 20% for distribution, mm -hmm. but I own that master and I could do whatever I want with it. Mm -hmm. You might could give me an advance against that 20% just based on the fact that I've already sold these many records without you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm giving you a chance to earn off me. Mm -hmm. you do, I'm doing you a favor. Mm -hmm. You have to have a, a, the narrative. See, you know, you ever been around someone that's not the boss, but they pretend they're the boss so much that you actually think they're the boss? Mm -hmm. That's everybody in this world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so motherfuckers be bluffing, and they act like you need them when you don't. Fake it till you make it, though. I mean, you know, we keep getting bluffed. <laughs> and we get bluffed into hurting each other and protecting them. And, right, and, and treating them like the plug. And that, that's, that's where these, you know, the enlightenment has to stop. I mean, mm -hmm. has to start. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Seeing as I've got such an OG in the building, I want to break down in layman's terms what it means to own your masters and the importance of that. Break down for everybody that needs to understand that, man. Layman's terms. Your art is your child. You give birth to it, right? You're supposed to raise it, protect it. You tell and you, you know, you teach your child as you want. Mm -hmm. If you don't own your child or if you don't, you make your child and for money, you give your child to somebody else. And now you're renting your child from the person that gave you the money, a child you made. Mm -hmm. And now you're watching your child get abused and exploited and there's nothing you could do. Mm -hmm. And when that child grows up, you get nothing from it. They don't even acknowledge you as a parent. Mm -hmm. The person that's been robbing gets all the credit, which is the money. That's you not owning your masters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's giving somebody a child mm -hmm. and then being mad about it, but you gave it to them. Crazy. So when you realize that, though, I miss my child. That money's gone. Mm -hmm. that was Can't a, get that back. That, you know, that was temporary relief. Mm -hmm. And now I got to actually ask for money and I got to ask when I can see my child. Mm -hmm. I gave my freedom. I gave my asset. I gave my master away. Now you my master. Mm -hmm. When you give somebody your master, they become your master. Mm-hmm crazy it's obvious mm -hmm. now you've been in the studio with some of the uk ogs gets and d double yeah breakdown was going down man i mean you know those are creative generals 
they doing things their way and I like it. So, you know, I like when someone stunts on me. They don't show me a car. They show me a building. Mm -hmm. And they don't show me one room. They show me a bunch of room. And each room is filled with people doing creative things. Mm -hmm. And the conversation and gossip is about how to be better, mm -hmm. how to evolve. And then we get to share each other's, like, creative vision. So I get to hear his stuff. He gets to hear mine. And they're all distinctly different. And then we find a common ground. Mm -hmm. And then we link up and get money. So really what I'm about doing is, you know, I started something in America called the Commission. I tried to do it with the rappers, but it didn't work out. So now I'm doing it with certain politicians and people that are fighting for us. This ring right here is an OSG ring. It represents 100 uh, principles that are from um, economically challenged environments mm -hmm. that are fighting for us when nobody else is. Mm -hmm. And they never get the credit. So I'm making them famous. Mm -hmm. And then I have a senator, uh, Eddie Milton, who's running for mayor, and Gary Indiana. And I got a congressman, Congressman Andre Carson, who's making crazy moves. Like when he, when, when they, um, um, you know, like uh, doing um, questioning Trump, you know, and doing depositions and all, he the one doing that shit. Mm -hmm. When they was running in that building, he was calling me like, yo, they out there for real. You feel me? Like he's there, mm -hmm. you know? And Dr. Chris Purnell, you know, head of a, well, she was the head of a, 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 a hospital. She's on CNN every day for health because we got to know our health. You ain't got no money. I mean, you know, you have all the money in the world, but you ain't got no, no, no health. You broke. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And then we have therapists, Taj and Melanie. One for the therapy for the kids and one for the adults to speak the language because, you know, therapy, we don't usually get it. So the study of it doesn't come from us. So we don't usually, when we do get it, we don't get no real help because we, 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 we get treated with the wrong trauma. You feel me? So we have to get these therapists that speak our language that's been through the things we've been through. That's Taj. Mm -hmm. But unrecognized, unrecognized trauma, just being black. Mm -hmm. You know, just being from a, a certain social class, regardless of what color you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to get some therapy for that. Straight. And then economic empowerment. That's me. You feel me? So I brought us all together in America so we could go stop talking about it, but really do it. Go buy some buildings, put some curriculum and make some laws, pass some laws and shit like that. Learn how to lobby, mm -hmm. you know, teach people the things they're not teaching. You feel what I'm saying? But out here, I'm like, yo, we got America. Y'all got London. Let's link up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that's what we don't never do. Love that. Man. We never link. So mm -hmm. it's time to link. It's time to chop and then we could chew. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm doing. I'm looking for all the people out here that represent what I represent. Like-minded people that are intelligent, intellectual, that want to evolve, that really want to fight for something they love. Mm -hmm. I'm down to fight with you. Mm -hmm. As long as it's the right fight. But if we stick together, love then we could run America and we could run London and I suspect the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. But we got to link. But we don't do that. So that's I'm trying to make the world commission. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So if commission. you need something in America, I got you. You at home. And if I come to London, I'm at home. Mm -hmm. No matter what, all over the world, we should be at home mm -hmm. because we brothers. Mm -hmm. And we got to recognize that. And we can't hurt each other. That's the thing. In the commission, you cannot hurt none of your brothers. That's no mm -hmm. bueno. There's no sanction in that. It doesn't happen. So we don't fight each other. We fight them. Let me ask you something, man. What's your take on the state of this UK rap thing? You've been coming here for many years. I know you used to have a house here as well. You used to live in Soho. Oh, yeah. So you was definitely here for a bit. You've been amongst it. I know you was rolling with Victoria Beckham at one time as well. Yeah. So tell me about what's your take on how you've seen the UK rap game like maybe 20 years ago and how you see it now. Well, this is the fundamental difference. I wasn't really hearing UK rap in America. And now my children know a lot of these UK artists and know the records. It's up to par. It's like, you know, on the playlist, you'll get a British song, a London UK song, and you'll also get an American song. Mm -hmm. And the kids will know both. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes my, my, my daughter, Ava, will be asking me, 
or, or and Tallulah about artists that I don't know of in London, and I'd be like, I I didn't even know about them. Mm-hmm. And I was in the car today, and we was looking at, uh, yo, what was Homeboy? That was he was killing it. Stormzy? Stormzy. Yeah, he was getting busy. He could rap. Mm-hmm. He, he, I, he rapped for like 30 minutes. I was like, oh, no, shit. No, maybe he did, yeah. Yeah, he killed that shit. Mm. So I'm like, oh, they could really rap out here. And then the drill shit they doing and all the other stuff, the intellectual shit, you know, guess he, they were dope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, damn. So I believe that, you know, again, the embrace, we should embrace each other in both places. Because all the videos that I saw with American artists come to London, they look flat. Mm-hmm. It just looks flat. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a big opportunity right now for London. So you've seen the evolution, you would say? Definitely. Mm. 100%. Because y'all got, it's like different styles of rap. And then it's a little more international. And then it's like African music is big too. Like I like all that stuff. It's like a combination of everything. But it sounds gangster. So let me ask you this, Dame. Like, Especially over that drill music. It just sound good. In the last like, 10 years, we've seen Drake's reign on America. He's an artist from outside of America, not too far in Canada. Uh. But when do we feel like we're going to see maybe a UK artist, a UK-based rapper make a similar type of impact in America? I know Central C is doing his thing over there. But do you see a UK rapper having an impact over there like sort of maybe a Drake anytime soon? I mean, it's possible. You know what I'm saying? Because at one it, point, it, it, it never looked possible at all. It's completely possible right now. It don't matter where you're from. It's just how creative you are. Mm-hmm. That's all that really matters. And then how persistent, how much you fight. But you know, you can't get money in, in the whole world if you just stay in the UK. So for all UK artists, you got to leave the UK if you want to break someplace else. Mm-hmm. So spend some time out there. Yeah, you got to spend some time out there. You think it's as simple as that? Because people spoke about the accent before being a, nah, some that of a barrier. Is, nah, that's, nah, all that's fly. That makes it cooler. Do you think that's changed more recently or do you think that was always the case? Then the I always thought it was cooler. Yeah? Yeah, I think sometimes it's like maybe in London y'all think people think that but they don't. Mm. You might be overcompensating. Like, I feel like we've heard like some some people definitely who, who? based in the States, some of them bloggers and who? some of the like, radio station presenters Any, and stuff. Listen, not anybody creative say it? But they might have not been actually on record but we definitely... <laughs> that's not what I asked. Have you heard anybody creative say it? Depends on who you're calling creative still. Then they're not creative. Mm-hmm. So now, again, have you someone that you think is truly creative, have you ever seen them knock an accent? Mm. Mm. They've said before, I feel like Who's it that? might be a problem. Who's I that? heard Rosenberg say it before. Again, I spoke to Rosenberg. So you consider him a creative? You're wrong there. You don't consider him a creative? No. He's not an artist. He's okay. a businessman. But he's a gatekeeper in regards to the radio station. Nah, that's what you think. And fuck a radio station. <sighs> Nobody cares about radio right now. Not to disrespect radio, mm-hmm. but it's streaming right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, again, you calling a white man a gatekeeper for our music, that ain't going to never happen for me. Mm-hmm. You giving him too much respect. Damn. He ain't no gatekeeper over here. Rosenberg means nothing to me as it relates to gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. None of them do. They, can, they, they, can't hold, they can't hold no gate of mine. Forget that. They, uh, Damn. They can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, that, you're giving them way too much props. T- tell me some of the gatekeepers there, man. There ain't no on. gatekeepers. You don't think there's no gatekeepers? Y'all, that's what I'm saying. Y'all make them gatekeepers. You're putting gates around yourself. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So they tricked you into believing they're stronger than they are. Whether you're telling I, me somebody that's <laughs> not a gatekeeper. Nobody, I promise you that, he is not a gatekeeper. Whether I think he's a gatekeeper or not, he's perceived as a gatekeeper. Now, he's not perceived as a gate. You perceive him as one. I do not. 
you're not gonna make you're not gonna trick me into thinking he's a gatekeeper. He's not. I'm not tricked. I'm trying. You are if you think he is. <laughs> he's not. And you said that, and I'm I'm laughing at you for that. Don't <laughs> ever say he's a don't don't Peter. Don't ever make nobody think you a gatekeeper of hip hop. I don't even think you would even disrespect hip hop and even let yourself think that. Straight up. Period. Uh huh. Well, you heard it here, man. So again, no disrespect to radio and people on it, but the gatekeepers that are or people that are pretending they're gatekeepers, fuck them. Mm. Whoever's pretending that that's what they do, I just told you that they act. How you gonna be controlling? How can somebody that's not from our culture be a gatekeeper for our culture? What does mm. that even sound like? Mm -hmm. That sounds like we soft. Right. Just for the record, well, I'm not. I'm never letting them be no. I'm never gonna give them that much props. Nobody. What, what a qualifies for as me. being from the culture, in your opinion, Dame? Pardon? What qualifies as being from the being culture? Being an artist, being of the culture, actually living it. But I'm saying he's from the culture for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's not, but he's not a gatekeeper. Like he don't make no decisions like that. Straight. What, and he and, and for him, he couldn't be the person to say, like it's messed up that a guy like that would make y'all think that us as creators in this country and America don't respect your accent, mm -hmm. and we really think it's fly. Mm -hmm. well, how could that be? And you, uh, J. Cole is changing his act. He's actually rapping in British right now. Mm -hmm. How could you say that? On the London song. Right. So why are you not saying that? Mm -hmm. You feel me? You looking at the negative because that's what's controlling you. Mm -hmm. Don't let nobody make you think that they're controlling us. I just want to say for the record, I'm not controlled. Yeah. But don't think that <laughs> he's a gatekeeper. Straight up. No one that's not from our culture could be the gatekeeper. If you acknowledge him as that, then they are. Mm -hmm. But they just tricked you. And that's what I'm saying. They're yeah. not. Who going to stop... Us from making music and performing. Who could stop it? Mm. Right? And it's not about radio. It's about your show. So you're tricked into believing that you can't make it without radio. But think about having radio, but you have a sucky show. Where you make your money at? The show. Mm -hmm. So as long as your show is good, radio coming to you. If they don't, as long as your fans care, there is no gatekeeper. You the gatekeeper to your fans. And because of where we are today, Web3 and also direct-to-consumer relationship, you don't have, there is no gatekeeper. You could cut the middle out, man, man out. If you want to make money the old way, then yeah, you're going to be stuck in being miserable. Because uh -huh. think about it. The reason why I've never felt racism because I always make sure I'm in an environment where I'm the boss. Mm -hmm. If you're a racist, I'm going to fire you or kick your teeth in. One of the two. You feel what I'm saying? It's you a kind of worms right there. You then. can't be a racist if you, when you're the boss, mm -hmm. you can fire who you want. Yeah. No one can come and disrespect you or your culture without getting kicked out. Mm -hmm. Period. But if you have to work for a racist, then that's when you're going to be tormented. I never mm -hmm. had to feel that. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't respect that. I, mm -hmm. I, to me, I'd be like, I'll fire him. Fuck mm -hmm. that. I'll hire certain people so I can fire him. Everyone ain't in your position, though. Then put yourself in that position. If it was e as it easy as that, we'd all I, be nigga, there. Nigga, I did it. So that's why I'm saying you could do it. Mm -hmm. I'm, that's why I do it. I just, I just did it and then tied my hands behind my back and said, now watch me do it without everybody. Mm. I feel like you're very last inspirational, years. but it's not as easy as you say. But I love it, though. I love the passion. I love the straight talking I, I just, game. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with you because you're making it not easy. You, you Please don't think, be frustrated with me. I want you to say it is easy mm. and do it. It's as easy as, like... If you start off something, it's just like getting into a ring. You be like, yo, I, it's going to be hard to beat this guy. Mm -hmm. Nah, it's, I'm prepared to beat the shit out of that guy. I'm not getting in that ring unless I know I can win. Mm -hmm. So, unless you feel that way, you already Mind lost. state, of course. So, I'm trying to get your mind state right. Mm -hmm. it, 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 the, the one thing you're not allowed to say around me in my crew, because when I dream, I got I, there is no it's hard. It's not hard. Mm. It's work. Work's not hard. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? If you enjoy what you're doing and you got passion for it, don't feel like work. So I'm a general. So I guess war is what I'm looking for. But I'm looking to fight the fight, the right fight. Mm -hmm. Culture is worth fighting for. Creativity is worth fighting for.
But independence, is, it comes with the cost of fighting. But not having independence comes with the cost of working mm -hmm. <laughs> for something you don't own. Amen. So I know you got to survive, but while you're surviving, you got to be like, I'm winning that war. Mm -hmm. Period. All right, let's get a bit lighter because I know we ain't got all day to talk. You was definitely rolling with Victoria Beckham about 15, 20 years ago. You was making an album, making music. We I mean, that know. wasn't the only thing I was doing, but that was what I did as a project. Of course. Fun. What happened to all of that work that you guys were working on, man? They, over there, man, they, you know, they got upset. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, not her, but like her crew, I guess. You know, I, that's their shit, you know. We was excited that. to see that. A lot of people I was, was excited, excited too. We had a lot of fun. You know, the mm. album was dope. And I thought, you know, I like to see, this is the one thing that, this is another misconception that we got to stop. We think that we can only run, like black people can only run black people. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a, a black department. It's rare you might see, maybe out here it might not be, but like someone of color running uh, another company of, about other people's culture. Mm -hmm. But it's not about us just teaching us or leaving us. It's about us being the landlord and making the laws and educating the right education for everybody. Mm -hmm. We gotta think about taking and teaching and it's not just for us, it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, they make us put each other in a box and you can only run this box. Mm -hmm. And that's not me, that's why I do so many different things with so many different cultures. So me working with Victoria Beckham, she's from one culture. So for me, remember I put M.O.P. and Old Dirty Bastard on the record. Mm -hmm with Victoria Beckham mad and that was so that everyone that knew Victoria Beckham would know MOP and, and would know old dirty bastards and it's vice just, versa it's just leveraging celebrity mm -hmm. bringing them together and see that they can coincide mm -hmm. you know parties are better when we are kicking it and having fun it sucks when everybody's tense and at war and people are on one side and another like everything can't be West Side Story mm-hmm you feel me? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yo, let's combine cultures. Y'all usually scared of us. We, for some reason, are scared of y'all. Mm. What it look like when we make a record, a collab, or have some fun? Mm -hmm. It's scary to those that are making money off us being separate. Mm -hmm. You know, but she was cool, way cooler than I thought, and we had a lot of fun. But I guess it was fucking up whatever they had to do. You know, they went crazy. To, I guess so. Prince of Detroit, the film that you got yeah. cooking. You know what I mean? You've been touring around the States talking about it. Mm. What can you tell us about it, man? I mean, it's dope. It's about black lineage. You know, what it looks like when we have opportunities. Because uh, most of the time we like first generation uh, wealth for black people. You know, we don't really get to pass, a, you know, any uh, nepotism or anything like that or teach a skill. So this is a family that made money in, in healthcare, which is not entertainment. It's not no gangster shit. Mm -hmm. It's healthcare. And was able to teach the game after, you know, because, they, you know, things go bad, but they taught the game to time and he was able to sell a company for $120 million. Mm -hmm. So I'm just showcasing us as a culture to get money other ways and just be in entertainment. Mm -hmm. There's other hustles like people like, you know, wealth is usually built from government contracts, mm -hmm. at least American wealth. And I'm sure it's like that out here, but we don't know how to get them. Mm -hmm. So that's the best client to have is the government. So I also learned, I studied him. I studied his family. I studied Detroit. That was the art, you know? So, you know, the movie's dope. And then there's a part two already done. I got to shoot like four more days. And then we're going to do part three. It's like a whole thing. I, mean, I don't know if it's going to be a television series or a movie. It'll probably be both. Thanks. And we, then we're going to put it in theaters, mm -hmm. you know? I'm putting it in festivals. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just me showing my range as a creative and a director. It's not just paying in full. Mm -hmm. But I'm getting back to that too mm -hmm. You know what I mean But like I said I got a comedy I got you know I got cartoons I got all type of things 
just mm-hmm. different dimensions. See, to me, it's not for people to talk in my language. It's me to figure out their language and talk to them in that. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking video games, then I'm making an NFT video game on Network, you know, on Web3, and then I'll talk to you there. If you talk in sports, then I'll be the team. I'm, you know, I'm working on having my own professional football teams right now in the league. Then I'll get you there. Because if you talk in music, then I'll talk to you in music. Mm-hmm. If you talk in fashion, I'll talk to you in fashion. Mm-hmm. You want to be intellectual, we could do that too. Love it. You want to talk some gangster shit, we could talk like that as well. Mm-hmm. Any way you want to speak, I'm going to teach you some good shit or talk to you. And, 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 and I'll be able to learn from you as well. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I like to do everything. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that if somebody has like good taste in music, let me see your taste in art. Uh-huh. Let me see your taste in uh, clothes. Mm-hmm. And don't have a stylist. Mm-hmm. Let me see your taste you know, in every vertical. Mm-hmm. And then let me see the art of monetizing that as well. Mm-hmm. So good taste should translate into everything, it, 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 even the way you make money and the people you work with. Mm-hmm. So I just tend to be snobby. I only want to work with a certain kind of person and will only work with a certain kind of person at my choice. Mm. But I'm never going to just do something for bread. Mm. Now you're over here for the seminar with Femi and Tricky. You're going to be talking to a a big group of people. We want to see this on a regular basis. Is that going to be something you're going to be doing often? Yeah. I'm back outside. Mm. You know, again, I, I need to take some time to raise my daughters. And they come first, my children. And I was missing too much time. I saw what it did to Boogie. So I was like, I got to park for a minute and be creative and just, you know, make an environment that my kids can be around me in. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to fall in love again. You know, after Aaliyah, I didn't think it was going to happen again. You know what I mean? But it did with Raquel and we have a baby. And I'm finally able to be a father, like, every day, all day and not be a visiting father. Like, wake up with my kid mm-hmm. every day. And there's nothing better than that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what, what, what's all this work for if I can't be around my children? Because you got to understand something about a kid. And, you know, they don't know about money until you tell them about it. Mm-hmm. They don't care about how much money you're going out and making. All they care about is the time you spend with them. Mm-hmm. And you can't get that time back. Babies grow so fast. Mm-hmm. You can't buy that time back. Mm-hmm. You know, I could get the money later. As long as the bills are paid, we good. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to ever miss that time with my child ever again. Mm-hmm. You know? And for my daughters, I would just sit around and wait till when I was allowed to see them. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And that's why I could, like, I sympathize with, with Kanye. I don't condone anything that he does sometimes. You know, I don't agree with everything. But I know what it is when you can't see your child, how traumatizing that is, and the things that it can make you do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially if you have some degree of a chemical imbalance where it could take you. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just wish that when people see that he says things that may be out of the ordinary, that they did, like, a, a health check on him. You know what I mean? Will you be wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt anytime soon? Hell fucking no. Mm. Can you, you know? understand why anybody would wear that? I mean, Kanye, obviously you've seen it, catwalk in the news. Like I said, when I see certain things, I'm going to call him and say, you okay? Mm. But I'm not going to judge him. He's, mm-hmm. he's my brother. So, you know, I don't agree with a lot of the things he does. But he don't agree with a lot of the things I do. Mm. That's a big one, though. That's a big one still. Yeah, but like I just said... Mm. We know that he has a chemical imbalance at times. Mm-hmm. So why don't we have any compassion like, yo, let's do a health check on him instead of judging him. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. So we know that he got certain kind of issues. Maybe in that moment he might not want to address it, but we know it. So what do we do? We don't send the doctor, we send the camera. Mm. Right? So if, if, if you know what it will do to a man not to be able to see his children, 
Even if maybe he wasn't seeing them the way that he should have, regardless. Once you think you're going to miss the moments you can't buy back, no matter how much money you have, imagine being a bit imbalanced, having a camera on you and having money to do whatever you want. Mm. It's not going to be, you know, and everyone just making money off of, your, off, off of anything that's happening dysfunctional in your life. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that he's right at all. I'm saying that we just have to understand that when people are triggered, if there is something that, you know, it's not a secret, he's bipolar. Mm -hmm. So why would y'all assume that he's not, maybe not getting some sleep maybe? And again, he might be mad at me for saying that. Mm -hmm. But that's just, when I, when I hear him say shit like that, and first I'd be like, why? And then I go, yo, is he all right? Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there may be an insensitivity because he may be so enlightened that he may be trying to make a point not knowing how it's hurting other people because he might be so hurt. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are so hurt, they can't even feel other people's pain. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Especially when they're in a certain kind of a, a, a place. Mm -hmm. So I, I just don't understand how you judge a man when you know that he's going through things or you don't know if he's going through something or not. Like, you are aware that he's going through shit, right? Of course. So then why would you judge him while he's going through shit? Does it look like he's not going through something right now? Mm -hmm. But do you think anybody around him is telling him no? Mm -hmm. Hell no. They doing whatever he say. So if he say go get a camera while he's in a certain kind of mind state, who's telling him no? I'm the only one that right. will. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one that has. Mm -hmm. So when I look at that, I'd be just worried about him. Mm -hmm. I'm not judging him. I'm like, yo, this is the worst thing because now he's going to really bug out. You put a raccoon in the corner, they start going nuts. Mm -hmm. But everybody buys this shit, but they never check on him. Mm -hmm. It's a crazy situation. No, nah, it ain't a crazy situation. That's how human beings are. It's not nice, though. But it is what it is. So that's what I'm saying. Just as nice, like whoever's saying some shit, whoever, if you're not first saying let me check on him, to make sure he's in the he's all right. There may be another. Then don't say another fucking thing about him because you don't care about him. Mm -hmm. The people that are around him. Anybody. Mm. If you judge him before you care about him, then I don't want to hear you because mm -hmm. you or he already we already know that there's issues that he might have. Mm -hmm. So if something triggers it, like not being able to see your child or whatever it is, for someone that has a certain kind of imbalance, this is what's going to happen. You put a camera in their face and they got a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And then y'all put him in front of a camera and it becomes clickbait for everything. Mm -hmm. So now what becomes funny to me, I'd be like, God damn. Instead of them, everyone saying, is he all right? They talking about what he said. Mm -hmm. The whole world is just judging him. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like, it's like, yo, what if he had a bullet in his leg and he's bleeding? Mm -hmm. But that's what that is to me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because that's, you know why? I don't give a fuck about his money. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I just want him to be breathing. I want him to be happy because I care. Mm -hmm. You could tell who cares. So then, like, he like, yo, I don't care about whatever I'm saying. Now you show him you don't care. Mm -hmm. And then that, you know, then there's an overreaction maybe to that. Mm. But you got to remember, man, the niggas, you know, he's been triggered. Yeah. And if you don't have no compassion for that, then don't buy his shit. Really talks. If you don't, if you want to judge what he say, don't buy his shit. Mm -hmm. But at least care. There's a time you loved him. What you loved about him, if it's not there, then you should wonder why. Mm -hmm. There must be something. But you can't just think he wants to be miserable. Nobody wants to be miserable. Listen, they say my interviews are hotter. Dame Dash, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a great conversation, man. Thank you very much. No gatekeepers. Ah. I'm going to give you a key. <laughs> Thank you. Got it. Guess what? SK Vibe Maker interviews are hot.